Hello and welcome to this episode of HBCU. I'm your host, D. Brown, CEO. Joining me on the show today is Kim Wells. Kim is the Executive Director of Executive Education at Howard University. Kim, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Man, I'm glad to have you. Uh, the, first, the first thing I want to do is get a little background on you from um, undergrad. So I know you went to a uh, PWI, correct, in, for yeah. undergrad and then Howard yes. for grad school. Uh, talk to me about the differences between the uh, experiences between those two institutions. Okay, that's a, that's a good point. Good starting point. So uh, I went to uh, the College of New Jersey. It was formerly Trenton State College and um, chose it. It's, it's near, uh, to, uh, very close by my hometown of Princeton, New Jersey. And uh, I selected it. It was close to home, but it was also a very selective, intense type of small campus, uh, which was perfect for me at the time. I also thought I was going to play basketball, but that didn't quite work out for me uh, after uh, the first semester of, of getting injured. Uh, but the PWI environment, I actually, I, I liked what I got there. I thought that there was some great influencers. A few of them actually are still mentors for me and supporters, some of the professors, uh, a couple of which were also teaching at Princeton and also at Columbia. Uh, and so poured a lot into me, challenged me in many cases. Now, I will say the, the downside to it is there was that feeling of isolation sometimes. Yeah. And uh, to, to uh, really having to be very intentional and almost fight for what we, were, we needed uh, in our community back then. Uh, but then at the same time, it created a sense of community, particularly amongst the black and other students of color. So I, I would never change what I did. Um, at that time, too, at the College of New Jersey, we were a part of what I would call a consortium of black student leaders at the College of New Jersey, Rutgers University, Princeton University, uh, even as far up as Temple in uh, Penn. And so we always stayed in Ryder University, today's yeah. Ryder. Uh, so it was uh, a community of sorts, uh, but we all had to look at and be very intentional about what we were going to gain from the classroom, from professors, and support one another. Now that compared to uh, my time at Howard. Now I'm from a Howard family. We go back at least three generations. So I had no choice really. <laughs> I had, to, I had to, to check that box at one point, uh, particularly coming from Princeton, New Jersey. We had a number of people uh, in the black community, uh, the Witherspoon Corridor that actually attended Howard University, including uh, my, one of my great uncles particularly. And so we knew that that was a place to go and get the rest of the story, as they say. Uh, so what I was looking for, and I actually turned down Columbia University and some other major universities so that I could get the Howard experience. And it happened. What I, what I look, was looking for happened. Uh, Cecil Blake. Uh, there's a number of professors, uh, Aaron Still, some others, uh, Dr. Wells, uh, who was uh, the head of our organizational development division. Uh, these individuals just made sure that they challenged me at the next level. They looked at me more holistically. They were looking at my messages, what I was bringing to the table. Uh, they made sure that I was aligned in what was happening in the industries. I was gunning for management consulting, which I can tell you about later. Uh, and they made sure that I had the information I needed that I had the insight necessary, 
but also the fortitude to understand what I was about to face and how that situation and, and often the narratives around me would, would, would impact me differently. Yeah. And so that helped me to sort that out. Uh, so again, if I was to say uh, shortly and in brief, the College of New Jersey was a foundational opportunity for me. Uh, Howard was a finishing school. It really taught me how to really lock in and be the professional I needed to be both in the consulting spaces, uh, which I still actually do through yeah. Axum Intelligence, my private practice, but also uh, in the education spaces, in all of the different relationships that I have to forge just to make our executive programs happen. So tell me, uh, or, or better yet, my viewers, uh, what's special about Howard? Uh, you know, uh, Howard is considered, the, you know, one of the Ivy League schools of the HBCU uh, community. So what make Howard yes. so special? Howard, um, it empowers you and it gives you a voice. And it helps you to know your voice. So um, in a lot of institutions, and they can be great institutions, um, you have professors at Howard, unlike some institutions, where they will see who you are and they will challenge you where you are. They will give you the, the real story. They will give you feedback, which I call the breakfast of champions that you don't get everywhere. Yeah. Honest, authentic feedback. Um, and you can take it or leave it. But as you see at the top levels of our graduates, those that take it can move forward very quickly and efficiently. Um, Howard helps you to align it. what's really happening out there. So I remember my program was kind of different when I came. Um, it was a combination of the business school, the graduate school, and the School of Communications. So I specialized in strategic communications uh, and really looked at performance management systems. And so I was kind of playing between the business areas as well as human behavior, communication type areas. So that was just how I was ready to prepare myself for the consulting space. Um, but each step along the way, I had individuals that would give me the other side of the story, the impacts on um, black professionals, black leadership, black organizational culture within these cultures um, of these organizations in the corporate world. And it helped me also to look at globally too. That was my first exposure really to global impacts, global marketplaces and so forth. And again, I, I give that to a couple of my professors early on that challenged me to stay informed about what was happening uh, in the continent as well as throughout the, the black diaspora. So it was serious. I mean, you could go there thinking you were gonna have a good time because you can at Howard, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was also, look, this is a black Ivy. And uh, our, our standards are high, our expectations are high. Uh, and so that all came together for me uh, and it launched me to a great career. So talk to me about uh, your current role at Howard uh, as the executive director of the executive uh, programs. Sure. So um, my current role at Howard started in 2009 and it was after a short stint with a group called Universal Communications, which is a global strategy and branding company. Um, we can talk more about the rest of my background, but it was it's just a representative of how I went back and forth between higher education and also have found these uh, very unique spaces where they, they interconnect uh, between business and education. 
But uh, Dean Baron H. Harvey, one of my mentors when I was in college, as well as um, in my first stint with Howard, if I may, um, he called me back. Uh, we were looking at how can we improve our MBA program? Uh, how can we um, incorporate efficiencies that I had been building through uh, a couple of the organizations I was with, Booz Allen and, and Universum, and, and working with other organizations around the country and outside the country. And so we were looking at how can we be special? Not to take away from what was happening, that program is historic. It's always had high impact, but how could we take it to the new level? And when one of the directors left, I got that phone call from him. Uh, is this a challenge you'd like to take on? And at first I was like, hey, I don't know if I'm, I'm ready to go back to higher ed, you know. Um, but when I heard the data, I saw what we were doing. I saw the opportunities. You know, I took into account what I was learning from my corporate clients and, and partners uh, outside in the corporate world. So, yeah, let's do this because, you know, I, I believe very strongly in aligning your purpose and in, in your mission with the mission of the organization. And I wanted to make sure that, uh, unlike myself, uh, not to date myself, but I came really into the corporate spaces in the 90s, um, I wanted to make sure people had that pathway to success and they would see those roadblocks, particularly if you were choosing a career in business or entrepreneurship, any of those areas that are just very competitive. And there's a lot of blind spots, uh, particularly for a professional color, a black professional. Uh, so I came, uh, we did what we, we had to do to really turn around some, some areas in that program, but we immediately ran into uh, the need for um, more services, more impact in with high, high uh, how could I say, high potential executives or high potential professionals. Uh, and so we started looking at executive services, executive development, similar to continuing education, but with a business focus. And so we started with a few programs. One was a partnership with Disney um, uh, Institute, which was great for us. We learned a lot from them. They learned a lot from us. And then we started to build upon that with our own programs, starting with our flagship program, which is our executive MBA, which is online with a lot of uh, residential opportunities, including global travel and so forth. Uh, so we were looking at how do you empower our people differently, looking at uh, things such as transitions and how do they look for our professionals versus some others and, and have that freedom, have that liberty, have that safety to have those conversations. And so we would talk about it. It's almost like a, a, a mastermind on steroids is what we have at Howard. You know, so you can all come together. You talk about uh, what's happening uh, in your organization. One of our themes is iron sharpeneth iron, whether it's in the EMBA program or whether it's in one of our DEI strategy programs, one of our advanced uh, executive leadership programs. We have very different conversations that we think empower our people to move forward and do very well in business and in industry. So how do you feel that uh, your programs that you're overseeing at Howard, how are they uh, positively impacting uh, people of color? It's, it's great. There's really not been a clear structured roadmap for some of us to succeed. Uh, very often, uh, people will go into uh, premier institutions, whether they're PD PWIs or HBCUs, and we do a lot of work to get them to these organizations, but we don't prep them well enough of what you're going to experience once you get there. 
Now, we work very closely. One of the branches of work that we do is also work as almost strategists and consultants to companies in um, their DEI strategies, their inclusiveness strategies, their uh, high potential strategies. So we can talk about that if we have time. But we want to first and foremost make sure that our students are prepared for what is about to happen. Um, I think what helps in this case is we have um, a curriculum in our EMBA, for example, that starts with let's examine first your leadership style. Let's let's examine your cultural intelligence. Just because you're black or a person of color does not mean your cultural intelligence levels are high. Matter of fact, sometimes we go in with preconceived notions about who we are, what we think we know, and we find out there's a lot more to know once we get into these organizations and how to engage with different stakeholders, et cetera. Um, so we have those conversations, and then we're very serious about things such as data analytics, knowing your data, being financially informed and a master of that once you get into the workplace, no matter what your level of management or executive leadership. Uh, if we have a capstone program and we often flag the students, the capstone is very similar to a thesis or dissertation for business. Right. And in this case, if those students don't do well in that, we flag it. And we let them know as a executive, as a professional of color, you have to know your numbers. You have to know really where your value aligns with the bottom line of that organization, with your management teams, with whoever the stakeholders are, stockholders, whoever. You yeah. need to be in alignment. And we, we, we love to have great initiatives that would change the world. We can do it, but we first have to win those battles in the trenches. We have to be prepared properly to really have that credibility, to maintain that credibility, find seats at the right ta the right tables, and make sure that we get in there and we add value. Then those those doors start to open is what our history has been. I want to pivot for a second and and talk about um, Axum uh, Intelligence, uh, where you are yes, the uh, managing director, correct? Managing partner. Uh, yes. Tell me about uh, the company, uh, what you do, and what inspired you to uh, start that company. Sure. I, I don't think I ever took uh, one foot out of the business world. Uh, when I came to Howard originally in 2001, so I'm dating myself, um, I was um, a, a senior consultant at Booz Allen Hamilton, had done a lot of research and work on uh, projects that were looking at executive development. And just, I was in love with that. Again, I think even coming out of undergrad, I knew that this was a direction. That was one of my gifts. I kind of knew where I wanted to be. I think I could have been a better, um, uh, how could I say, architect of some of it, but I but I knew what I wanted. So um, Axum was birthed out of uh, just a lot of companies that I had met over the many years uh, through boards. I sit on a few boards. Um, I work uh, in the business community uh, with a lot of different events and activities, and people just kept coming up to me saying, hey, we'd like to know more about what your thoughts are and how can we do that in a more strategic and more um, specific way, if, I'm, if I may. And so I put it together. Um, I started primarily focusing on executive coaching, um, and I'm not sure... Um, have many know, but I'm a member, one of the few members uh, in the world of a group called the Marshall Goldsmith 100. So there's about 200 of us around the world 
uh, we're personally mentored and trained by uh, Dr. Goldsmith and some others to really coach and work with people uh, to really empower leaders for efficiencies and so forth. Um, and that's the kind of training I've had for a while. I've also done some other certifications. I'm a master certified coach. And it was just something that was important to me. And where that was coming from often was uh, a lot of black leaders that I've worked with and advised and consulted in the consulting space were saying, I can't find a mentor. I can't find that sponsor. And so a lot of that is because there's they're not intentional or strategic enough to 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 have a plan to locate and to negotiate um, value with these individuals so that they will embrace them. Uh, but also, you need to get that information anyway, regardless. We, we need to make sure that you have it, that you have a strategy, you have a plan so that we cut back on the time for acceleration and impact. Uh, we know our early wins and all those kinds of uh, things. Again, we call it intelligence for a reason. It comes from some of my influencers, which were literally in the intelligence community. But it's to look at um, how can you have the information and the data to succeed? have a plan to succeed. I'll give you an example. A lot of people will talk about a 90-day advancement strategy or transition strategy, 90 days. And I've always said, well, that's interesting. I don't think black executives have 90 days. So we have a 40-day advancement strategy. And so we look at early wins, early alignment, early knowledge of the financials, the data that matters, metrics that you need to meet, we go in uh, with a lot of research, a lot of very reflective in personal conversations to be very real about who we are as professionals, really have a clear understanding of where we stand today and how we might be perceived by uh, the business community or whatever community you might be a part of. I also work uh, with hospitals, government executives, et cetera. So Axum was just, it really is in a sense, and, and, and not to sound a certain way, but it's my gift back to individuals. And I'm, I'm very open about um, some of my rates that I work with people. So I try to work with people where they are, but I also try to share with executives to make sure that you're investing properly in yourself. Uh, and, and getting that executive coach is important. Now, Axum grew. We do a lot of strategic alignment work. We do uh, transformational change work. Uh, we do... Um, inclusion, DEI work. Uh, so it's just been a great opportunity to really stay engaged with the business community, continue learning myself, uh, as well as to give back and really bring the skill sets I've had since I was a young person at Princeton. So, <laughs> so uh, you mentioned uh, DEI, and I want to ask you about that because you, you also talked about um, at Howard, you have a DEI uh, strategies uh, program. So Tell me more about that and then also talk about how you're using uh, your position to help advance uh, diversity, equity and inclusion. Yes. So what became obvious, a lot of organizations wanted to have conversations about their internal cultures, uh, about the inefficiencies in some cases, some of the challenges they were facing. And certainly uh, after 2020, when the world was changing, when we were seeing some of the the, the cultural social justice challenges. Um, so we did a pivot. Um, we started to look very closely uh, at the many partners we work with, and we started offering them the opportunity to work with us to to do a a very detailed, um, high level 
assessment of what's happening in their organizations and, and not just the recruitment piece, but really how do you alter and transform uh, the culture internally so that professionals of color, black professionals can be received and have the proper pathways to success. So our DEI program is very uh, data informed to start. Uh, we hesitate to go in unless we have some data, uh, which is really very interesting because many organizations do not keep certain data or do not like to report it. And so it's really winning their trust, working with their people, and even uh, coming to a place where we can design assessments, uh, focus group work, et cetera, that can uh, really find out what's happening in the organization, what's the temperature, what's happening there, um, and really interview people. There's a lot of things that we do, but our, our program is informed. This is not like a kumbaya program. Yeah. I mean, we come in, uh, we look at the financials, we look at the data that they will share. Uh, we look at even, <laughs> it's interesting, uh, even we do a, an assessment of the branding. So what is their, their external branding look like? Uh, that, that's where we work with people like uh, Amarosa Newman and others that are specialists in that area to make sure that we have an understanding of what the full picture is. Um, many organizations are very blind to where the, the, the areas of challenges are, where the barriers are. We, look at, we do look at the recruitment process. We look at the metrics that you hold managers accountable to. Only 12% of companies in, in the nation have metrics that managers are held accountable to to improve diversity, equity, inclusion, uh, or to underrepresented groups, you know, how they are managed and how they're growing in those areas. We all know the data and how that diverse group inspires inspires and drives innovation and performance, uh, opens new markets, uh, establishes different collaborations. Some of the fastest growing markets in the world, which we work do a lot of work with right now are in Africa, places like Nigeria, places like Ghana, places like South Africa, places even like Brazil and other places, Ethiopia is another big project we're working on right now. So your company will not be successful in these markets that are quickly growing, some of the youngest, most dynamic populations, if you don't understand them. And not just understand them for business, but understand how to work with them. So we're doing a lot of work that we think is very different than what some are doing. We have a dynamic um cadre of faculty that are a combination of scholars, uh, executive practitioners, uh, and we bring this together and we are just showing up very differently in these spaces. And we've had a lot of successes. I know our time is limited here, but I would love to share with anyone who would like to know more information about it, how we could work with your organization as well. So tell me this uh, as we begin to wind the show down. Uh, why should someone who's considering, uh, at, you know, con continuing their education uh, at the graduate level, uh, why should they consider Howard Executive Education programs uh, to do that? Howard is the mecca. Howard is the uh, university best known for establishing the black middle class. Howard is a research two, soon to be a research one institution. The collective intelligence there is probably second to none, particularly for people of color. When you come to my executive MBA program, you're not just gonna get the best 
in business education, but you're going to get the best in a worldwide network of other leaders that are, are truly passionate, but also extremely credible and talented at what they do. Uh, this is not the fake it till you make it world. This is the world where there really are um, um, standards at the highest level. This is a world where you will find out where you stand, uh, not just in, um, in your academics as standings, but also where you really are, what the pathway will be to success. The conversations are just different. I, I'm, I've had even my own children, both, both of them are, uh, have, well, my daughter went to Howard and she's uh, uh, going to be in Columbia and has already started attending meetings. My son went to Cornell undergrad. We couldn't get him here, but, you know, uh, you can't win them all. Right. But the bottom line was they also have shared with me their experiences at PWI, similar to mine. Uh, and they say that there's gaps. Yeah, and there, those gaps are really where we think the opportunities lie for uh, black professionals. Where you come, you're Kim, going wanna, to be coached. Kim, I want to do this be before we before we run out of time. I want to take a moment to do two things. One, I want to acknowledge that you are a member of the greatest fraternity in the world, Cap Alpha Psi fraternity. But also, I want to present you with our HBCU Lifetime Achievement Award for your uh, continued commitment oh, to historically black colleges and universities. Uh, and we appreciate all that you're doing to advance uh, those programs at Howard. And we want to thank you for taking time out your busy schedule to be on the show. We really appreciate it. And to my viewers, I want to thank you for watching this episode of HBCU. I'm your host, D. Brown, CEO. And remember, without you, there's no me.